0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? (laughs) Expecto Patronum! It was a quiet Saturday morning. Professor Wayne Zielinski was hard at work on his new invention. this thing works, it will put us
1: right up there with the invention of electricity.
0: That didn't quite
1: work.
2: Did you get the machine to work? A few more
1: bucks to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids.
2: Nick, what happened?
0: It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you trying to tell me? The machine works? Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's
1: not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. Threw them out with the trash. Ah! What?
0: BFM 89.9 you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin and ahead of Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania I am so excited to tell you what today's throwback is because in case you have not twigged it uh today we're throwing back to 1989 and Honey I Shrunk the Kids an all-time classic.
2: Oh, I haven't watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids since I was a kid. So this was Same. such a such a, a lovely opportunity to revisit i mean look is it a movie classic not in the way that you talk about like say a, a scorsese film or whatever but it's so nostalgic it's so ridiculous it's so much fun um i had such a great time revisiting this
1: oh scorsese wishes he could make, make a movie like this <laughs> like honey i shrunk the kids this
0: is what i'm saying
1: yeah Right? Um, I, I think it's a classic. I think it's a classic in the same way um Ghostbusters is a classic. Yes. Um, and I think like if there was a definitive list of most rewatchable movies, uh, this would be somewhere at the top, within maybe the top five at least. It's one of those things that I bump into um every six to seven years, it'll be on somewhere, playing somewhere. Um, it's so easy to just drop in and watch, even like midway through the movie. Um, And I think it taps into something that all kids think about, right? That there are whole worlds like in their backyards or their gardens or or in trees or or whatever it is. And, and, you know, what it would be like to have adventures where you live, like, you know, where your house is. Um, It's such a fantasy movie. I think it's such a fantasy movie disguised as a science fiction movie. And I love it. I love this movie so much
0: it also captures that feeling of being ignored, right? Or of your mm. siblings, your parents not caring where you are, nobody wants to know what you want to do. Um, that feeling of being invisible, it, it kind of really captures that and then it allows you to go off on an adventure. I mean, I first watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as, as a child and I don't think I've seen it in full since then. So there were a lot of things that I'd forgotten and I think that I had also kind of uh, relegated it to screwball comedy status in my mind. Like I hadn't actually thought about it um, aside from that insane premise. But re-watching it, there's a lot of storytelling and filmmaking pleasure to be had in it, which surprised me. Um, the it reminded me also of how in the 80s and 90s, children's films weren't afraid to tackle kind of really weighty things, strangely weighty things, including whether or not your parents' marriage is going to make it, whether or not your father is still going to have a job, whether your new pet aunt is going to survive a scorpion attack, like <laughs> all these things that that now I, I'm not sure movies have the strength of their convictions to do. But yeah, I don't think I need to summarise the story. That clip at the start did it pretty well. But uh, the... There's just a lot there's a lot
2: for us to talk about. What where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the effects maybe? Oh, yes, because I I think movies like these constantly remind me and and perhaps in the, you know, we are going to be talking about quantum mania tomorrow, so even more so. Uh, the joys of practical effects, the joy of um feeling like you're in a You're you're in a fantasy world that is simultaneously real enough that you can touch it and feel it, smell it. Um, it, The other thing about practical effects is that it also manages to, um, in this movie in particular, what they do is actually very ordinary objects, right? Uh, Whether it's a a cookie or a a Lego or a couch or, you know, the floor and what that would look like if you were shrunk. Um, I was so impressed by how good this movie looks,
1: Same. Um, And I'm impressed every time I rewatch this movie and it surprises me how good it looks because you expect it to age, right? Like at some point you think the effects, of course, are janky and and they've aged. The green screen stuff is not uh, smooth anymore, but like the practical effects, the the blades of grass, the textures, the, the cracks in the floorboard um you you can see that they all actually built like these huge set pieces and they also like you know they're they're real so they're there um I love how tactile and how tangible everything looks and they do look like props sometimes like a bit stagey and prop like but there's just something there about being able to to know that you can touch it if you were in the same space um, and it's so much better than any kind of, of CGI. And, and every time I see it, I'm like, whoa, this is such a good looking movie. Like every single time I watch this movie.
2: Can I just say the the ability to watch a movie and constantly go, oh, I wonder how they did that. I wonder how they got that shot yes. versus now just going, ah, CGI. Uh, there's mm. a there's a joy to that, I think, as a, as a lover of film.
0: I was reminded of Labyrinth.
2: Yes. And the yep, yep.
0: And, and the puppets and the the textures and the occasionally gross textures, which I think grossness we've talked about before, is always welcome in a children's film. There's something about the ick factor, the squish factor that's really fun for kids to watch. Um and I remember enjoying that a lot as a kid. So the I agree with you both. I think the effects look Really, oddly, very good considering the the amount of time that's elapsed since it was first made and now. And since we're going to be talking about Ant Man tomorrow, I think this ant looks better. Like I would rather spend time with the ant in Honey I Shrunk the Kids than the ants in Ant Man. And that surprised me. I didn't expect to say that, partly because I'd forgotten there was an ant. Um, but <laughs> once the, the ant did show up, I was looking at it and finding myself struck by watching these two films more or less back to back and and realizing that it's hard to beat practical effects. And um, especially when they're, I guess, kind of sort of from the same studio, just several thousand iterations away.
2: You forgot about
0: Antti? I watched this when I was like two. To I be
2: honest, know. I also actually. Rather, I forgot what a pivotal scene that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got so emotional, <laughs> my God. Um, no, I agree. I think there's something that we innately recognize. Like if I were to imagine what it would be like to touch a life-sized ant, you get that from watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids a lot more than you do watching Quantumania. Because in Quantumania, everything looks shiny and like a video game um, versus the ant or the scorpion or the earth or the mud or whatever in something like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I mean, we say this a lot and I don't want it to sound like we're doing one of those nostalgic, those good old days thing. But I think it comes down to actually... um, putting care and thought into the world that you're creating rather than just doing it because you can.
1: Yeah, care and thought. And also something that we've like echoed a, a million times is there's there's so much value in low stakes in movies, right? Um, because the stakes here are huge. Like it's, it's literally like people's lives. They could get squished by anything, anything that's moving. Um, but when you zoom out, it's a few kids who spend a night in their backyard. Um, and these movies were able to to be about very little, like no world ending scenarios, but also be about a lot at the same time. And I, I think there's so much value in that. And they kept it under two hours. It's like an hour and a half ish. And that's about it. Um, I know why movies don't do that anymore. Like people want to justify going to the cinema and then there's streaming and competition. Like I get it. But I don't know, like sometimes less is just way more. And movies like this don't get made anymore, but they should. I think they should, even though they're not going to make a lot of money um, at the box office. But it's just so relaxing watching things like this, especially, you know, stuff from the the late 80s, early 90s.
0: So we're talking today about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which kicked off the film franchise. Um, Those were weird times. Anyways, it was Uh, the The franchises of the past, my God. (laughs) Right? Think about it. Look who's talking now. Um, So... We're talking about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, directed by Joe Johnston, uh, starring Rick Moranis, Matt Frewer, Christine Sutherland. We'll come back and talk about the acting after this. Um, but let us know, do you remember watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Do you plan to re-watch it as a double bill with Ant-Man and the Wasp, as we did? Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM
2: Radio. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9.
0: die for a strawberry sundae chocolate sprinkles and a banana split <sighs> i could eat a corn dog the size of a truck ron if you had a corn dog it would be the size of a truck
2: i've died and gone to heaven it's as big as a house i saw it first it's mine I got keep it on a cream filling nick it's one of your cookies
0: BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And it is our throwback today in which we're taking it back to a time where... um, Shrinking movies were a thing, I guess, and <laughs> and you know could have franchises uh, that weren't about superheroes because it's all about Honey I Shrunk the Kids from 1989, and um I wanted to talk about the performances because the movie is really split up into two, right? Um, you've got the the adventure that the children are on where they've been shrunken, they're in their own backyard, and they're trying to make it back to the house and alert the adults before they get crushed or eaten or whatever it may be. In the meantime, you've got the adults who are increasingly starting to wonder whether something's wrong. Um, and I actually found myself, and I, I suppose this is a sign of the times, I was never interested in the adults when I watched this movie growing up. And this time I found them all, uh, the, the two separate couples, really, really interesting because you've got the kind of nerdy science science realists couple whose marriage is a little bit tenuous. And then on the other hand, you've got this supposed sort of more traditional marriage, um, which also has its tensions, particularly with the children.
2: Oh, honestly, I didn't expect Big Russ, who's the neighbour, who's kind of like a wannabe alpha male dad struggling to figure out how to connect with his sons. I didn't expect to sort of Empathize with him so much, um, and again, that's probably something that you don't think of as a kid. I've always loved Rick Moranis. Um, I think particularly because of the double punch of Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters growing up. So um, I'm I've always been happy to watch him pop up in anything. In my mind, I associate him squarely with these movies, and he's as fun as ever. Um, I thought that I thought the adults, frankly, were more interesting and better actors than the kids. But of course, the adventures that the kids go through um, make them more bearable than maybe they would be in other circumstances. I must say, though, the adults are surprisingly chill about everything that the kids are going through. Like, oh, yeah, kids are tiny and they're in the yard. They might get eaten by like an animal, but that's okay. We'll see what happens. Let's sleep and then see what happens in the morning.
1: It's like something that happens occasionally in this world. Like people get <laughs> shrunk, people get blown up, or you know, they, they giants appear. Um, they're like, I mean, they're panicking, but they're not panicking the way they should be panicking. Right. It's in, a very, in a, in, it's a very low key yeah. panic. Yeah. Like oh, let let's turn on the porch light, you know, in case they're out there. I'm like, okay, you know, there's more you can do, but okay. <laughs> um, th- there's also something that I realized when uh, watching it this time for our review. Don't you think that you know if this was made today? that the, the people, the couple who came to visit Big Russ and go out on their camping trip with them would have been the neighbors instead of Big Russ. Because the neighbors that we get, right, um, they're not bad people. Like they're normal in the, the context of this world where like people are building shrinking machines in their, their attic and all that. But the the dynamic is sweet and normal and and sometimes charming. Which I, I found weird for a movie from the late 80s, because that couple that showed up would have been the the bully bad guy neighbors who learn a lesson through this whole shrinking episode. And I was like, oh, that's a that, that's a cool choice. I, I thought it was a cool choice.
0: I like I said, everything to do with the adults, I found really interesting and, and I found really kind of warm hearted and genuine the the chemistry between both couples and then between the couples uh, when they were talking to each other uh, was fantastic. Although you're right, you know, when they say, I'm going to leave the light on um, and then someone else says, oh, I can't sleep. No, it's fine. You can. I'm like, <laughs> they're scorpions. and like, You have not genuinely thought about how this is going to work. You've been out there all day. You haven't found them. You have no idea they're alive. Um, and then I thought, man, parenting was different back in the day before you knew exactly where your children were at all
2: times. Right, there's is... no cell phone. So you exactly. had to contend with a bit of exactly. this anyway.
0: And then it's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I see.
2: Um, I I will say that I actually really miss this vibe, this sort of... um, You said low stakes earlier, Arvind, and and that's exactly it, right? Movies that are not about huge, earth-shaking things, um, but just fun movies. And... It's also worth noting that while this was a Disney movie, while it's obviously geared towards entertaining children, it's not necessarily a kid's film. Um, And I feel like the lines were not so clearly defined even back then. Um, I remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids being sort of... uh, shorthand for jokes that we would make with my uncles or um, you know like like we say honey I shrunk the kids and they'd all know what we're talking about because they'd all watched it too Um, and I'm not sure that there are that many movies now that cross that line so easily other than again
1: your superhero films it's such a whole family thing right? it's like any you can be any age and then still um, enjoy this movie as much um, but to be fair, though, I mean, we give the movie a lot of credit. The sequel did do the world ending high stakes thing when they blew up the baby. <laughs> oh yes, and then the baby the, the baby started going around and crushing buildings or, or houses or, you know, then the people were in like actual mortal danger from this oversized baby. So they didn't actually, I don't know if it was on purpose or maybe they didn't know what they were doing well. so So they went to the, you know, the Hollywood way, but... This movie, in particular, outside the Honey franchise, um, did it very well with the low-stake stuff.
0: Was the second film just a look ahead to the Trump presidency? Hey, yo! <laughs> <laughs> you set it up. I was waiting patiently to be able to say it. Um, also, because we we talked about the adults, um, the kids are sweet. I have Hmm. been on the record before of finding it difficult to watch children. I was so curious about you. I was like,
2: late 80s child actors, is
0: Lin going to hate them? So I was uncomfortable with the romance in a way that I couldn't fully define. I I think that, um, again, if we were to do it today, I'm not sure that there would have been, to put it simply, quite so much tongue. Um, But (laughs) but aside from that, I, I thought that the children kind of felt very natural even if sometimes they were just standing around screaming each other's names while like a bee kidnapped two of them they they still had a very natural feel i I, perhaps it's because they um perhaps it's because they were smart they didn't do silly things do you know what i mean They, they got shrunk and then after that they decided okay rationally what do we need to do get back to the
2: house no you're right actually everything the kids did was very smart um I think the beats of their story and especially the adventures that they go on is so fun to watch. I did find Ron a bit annoying, but they cut it out soon enough that I stopped being bothered by him. I found him pretty annoying at the first half of the film. Mm. Um, I also was a little bit, it's almost like the movie couldn't decide whether they were doing like kids vibe or high school teenager vibe. And so you kind of get stuck in this weird in-between space of like two obvious kids and then two high school teenagers. And you're like, "Mm, not sure what I'm supposed to do with this relationship here.
1: I actually like Ron a lot in the i (laughs) i i I was like oh he got less annoying as the as the movie progressed i was like he did yes this is true he he did um i wanted him to be more annoying because i liked his annoying his his annoying self um it's kind of surprising that they didn't keep the the kid template with the franchise right because i always thought that that was the most important part of the movie like their dynamic and their chemistry um i get the whole aging thing but it's kind of weird that it, it went so different with the future films. They didn't take the one thing that worked best in the previous movie. What were the and next always... ones?
2: So there's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 2? Is that what it's called? Oh the no, it's Honey, I Shrunk is... the Baby? Blew Up the Baby. Blew Up the Baby, that's right. Oh yeah, my God, that's... yes, they blew up the baby. And then, is there a dog? Am I imagining it?
1: There's a third one that went straight to video where it's just Rick Mor- Moranis and his brother who get <laughs> who get shrunk. And so the kid dynamic never comes, never appears again in that right. franchise. Yeah, which is so weird.
0: And kind of a problem, right? If you think about it, because because if the winning formula is that people enjoy the shrunken children, mm. then I'm not sure why after that you refuse to shrink them again. Instead, of like blowing <laughs> up other things or, you know, shrinking different things. And so, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I also don't think that
2: this should ever have been a franchise
0: i I like it very
2: much as a standalone i agree um i don't even remember the others even though i'm pretty sure i watched them at least the baby one strikes the memory
1: yeah same same i i know i've seen the baby one um but it's all a blur and i know that there was a there was supposed to be a reboot coming out right or did it come out already um which is which is something that i was going to ask like you know should this be remade and then i found out that they did and i think obviously since we don't know much about it it didn't work lah if it already happened or if it's happening
2: I would only I would only support a remake or a reboot if they were going to go the practical effects route I don't want a CGI adventure
1: of this version same but you know that's never going to happen
0: I just don't want a reboot at all Uh, I I have no interest in it. I think that this is such a product of its time and it should just stay there. And that's fine. And I think that we should normalize saying that things can stay in their era and their lane and it's perfectly okay. Uh, We've been talking today about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from 1989. Um, It was the directorial debut of Joe Johnston, who went on to make things like Jumanji. You may have heard of that. Uh, Anyway, let us know. Have you watched it? Ever? Do you plan to rewatch it? What do you remember of it? Did you like it? WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. And if you'd like, write to us at movies at BFM.my You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the Business Station.